Hello again, everybody. Welcome back. We've got Bob Hickey on the line, and today we want to talk about some of the superstars of crowdsourcing, of finding other ways around going through the traditional diamond and comic book stores. Many creators are going directly to fans to raise money to do a project, to sell the project. Uh, Bob, there are some people that are making a lot of money on this right now. Yes, there is, and building fan bases. But uh, one that I've followed for a long time is Brian Polito. Um, he's doing very well with the Lady Death. And I think his last one, I just called it up here, he's got 2,733 fans on it, and he raised a whopping 323000 $866 for that. Wow. Yeah. For That's one project. One project. And yes. now what is it that he's delivering on that project? It looks like it is a... I think it is like... one. Of, I call them mini graphic novels. Usually around 50 or so pages. Oh, uh, okay. no. Actually, it's a 24-page comic book. This is a single 24-page comic book. Yes. Yes. And what, so, what? How many of those would you need to sell through the direct market to come anywhere near raising that money going to a creator? Are you really going to challenge me to use my math skills? I don't think either one of us has those on the fly. Okay. I just don't. There is no comic book in recent memory that would have earned, you know, no matter how popular, hey, would have earned anywhere near that money for a creator. I use my math skills. You guys sell closely to 84,000 copies at $4 a piece. Yes, but those 84,000 copies, okay. Yes. That, that $4 a piece does not go directly to the creator. It does not. Half, very of, that money, half of that money goes to the retailer. So now you've got that, to double the number of sales right there. Okay. Well, half goes to the retailer. 10 or 15 percent goes to diamond oh, more than so, that. i mean yeah so the creator would be lucky to get his 40 percent, and then he's got to do all the production on the work correct so at that point you're looking at 40 percent of that kind of income but how many is how many comics out there you know selling eighty four thousand copies nowadays uh that's few and far between yes. and again you'd have to be talking about over 150,000 copies, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to get that kind of money going to the creator. Yes. So that's, um, sadly, that's not doable in this market. And not the way the market is structured today. No, it's not realistic. Because now these people that are, they're spending more than $4 a piece, they're not sending in $4 to get a copy of this comic book to him. No, the, the minimum is a $6 pledge. And uh, and that, we're just talking about this one. This is uh, Lady Death, uh, Blasphemy Anthem number one, and uh, Brian Randis and they start a six dollar pledge, and they go all the way up to I think there was a five hundred dollar limited edition pledge. Yeah, four ninety nine, um, which has all the bells and whistles. And he actually sold sixty six of those that he offered and sold out. And then he offered another pledge of three hundred dollars. And he sold 72 of those, and they sold out. Um, another thing we got to look at, too, is this is the ultimate of merchandising. When you do these Kickstarters, you're not just making a comic and offering it. You're offering 
specialty covers, short runs of those covers, limited editions of those covers. You're talking sketch covers. You're talking trading cards, talking calendars. You're talking 90 covers. You cut anything you can. Limited get, edition prints, yes. signed, signed copies. Autograph that is certificated. So later on, it's you're, you're certificated with it. Anything that you can to get that exclusive merchandise into your, your core fan base. And we to understand how and why this works, we've got to go back to the very basics of your economics 101 class and talk about the most important things. Number one, capital, and yes. then really supply and demand. What is capital? Capital is the money that you have to invest in a project. Okay, If you are trying to get your own book out there for more than yourself and your family to read, you need capital. You need money to invest in your project. Uh, if you're like most of us out there, you do, you're not sitting on a pile of cash. Wondering, mm -hmm. What am I going to do? to Where am I going to put all this money? It won't fit under the mattress anymore. I got to do something with it. Okay. We're not, most of us are not in that position. Most of the people who want to become writers, artists, to get their work out there are usually cash poor and need to raise capital to do this. What do you do? You're already working Okay, you're already making ends meet. Okay, most people don't have tons of extra money. How do you raise money to invest in your project? No, well, crowdsourcing. Well, I, crowdsourcing, the, right? Yes. Because now it used to be that if you, the only way it was to get a bank loan to save up money that you could afford to invest. But now you can go directly to people and say, "I'd like you to invest in my project." Well, another way we used to do was conventions, too. Remember back in the day? Um, the, uh, the, original, people, the original crowdsourcing. You got it. The original crowdsourcing. I can remember um, um, there's a couple projects that I, su I supported walking through Artist Alley that I couldn't buy right then. But the creator's like, you know, give me 10 bucks, and you can take this print right now. And then when I complete the issue, I'll mail you that issue. And, you know, it's $10. And I'm like, sure. You know, I like the artwork and everything. And, uh, you know, later on, it might have been a month. It might have been six months. might have been a year later I got the issue sent to me, you know. So, well, you but it was a rich actually, way. You were actually a rare person who would say yes to that because I remember people trying to do that. And most people walking by is like, I would give you $10. I want it now, okay? Right. The idea of investing in something and getting the return later didn't really catch on. I mean, there are some brave individuals tried it at conventions with limited success. Okay. I think more people would have done it if it would have worked better, but now with access of the internet and that you can just go out to a wide community and say, could everybody chip in a little bit to make this project happen? It's changed things. The first crowdsourcing, I remember reading news stories about it and people going, no one's going to do this. Why would anyone? <laughs> no, that doesn't make a bit of sense. And then, the next story is going, oh, my gosh, people are doing this. You know? Oh, yeah, they do it within the millions of dollars. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out with crowdsourcing and, and funding. But uh, it's, it's made all types of projects that never would have happened available through and it never would have been possible are actually happening. And but the comic book business, there is an active group of people who are searching sites like um, Indiegogo and Kickstarter looking for unique projects to back. Yeah, I think so. I think some fans says that may have left comic shops, but looking for those books that they're looking for or 
you know, maybe they're buying digital books instead of going to the comic shops, but they're still looking for that one that's not being carried either on, um, you know, Comixology or any of the other places. And uh, definitely want to support. I think the biggest thing is when you do a Kickstarter Indiegogo, you feel like you help that creator. You support yes. it directly, that creator. Well, that's, uh, yeah, another thing. You People do want to feel like they are having more of an impact, that they are bypassing the traditional routes of business and saying, I'm going directly to the artist and supporting their work, which before the crowdsourcing was very rare and very limited ability to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. But there is something, there is a good feeling that goes like, I, I admire what this person's doing. I like their work. I want to show support that there are people out there that believe in the mission of creative people to create. Oh, there is. There's a crowd. And we got to remember, too, that these guys that we're talking about, the Brian Politos, um, the Bill Tucci's, these guys just didn't come to Kickstarter and say, oh, I'm going to tap into this and create this big following. They pre-built their following and brought them along to Kickstarter to help support the project. Right. And that's keys into, I think, the other major economics 101 concept, supply and demand. Now, if there is a huge supply of something and nobody wants it, no one's going to buy it. They're not going to spend a lot of money on it. Why are people spending the for the $500 package for some of these creators? Is because there's a demand, but now there's very little supply. Right. Uh, right. Years ago, um, Billy Tucci, she, okay, Brian Pleitos, Chaos, Chaos Comics, were very big in, in the indie comic market and had a lot of fans. Now... A lot of those fans either drifted away from the comic shops, and ne- but now they're fi- rediscovering what they liked earlier. Or yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it worked. Did, did the comic shops leave these fans behind, or did the fans leave the comic shops behind? I think because, a little of both, don't you? I think a little of both. I yeah. have a lot of people who will come into my local shop looking for things that haven't been published for 10 or 15 years. That's how long they've been out of collecting comics. But they're interested again, and... They kind of want to come back and say, well, are things exactly the way I left them, okay, in the year 2005? Like, well, no, they're not. <laughs> it's, right. Years, it's 15 years later and things have moved on. Creators have moved on. And some people will move along with it. But a lot of people are like, well, no, I just want to pick up where I left off. I want to read those same books by those same creators. And then it's like, I'm sorry, they're, you know, various reasons, okay, those people are not producing anymore. But when someone like um, Billy Tucci, who hasn't drawn an issue of She in many years, comes and says, now says he's going to do that and crowdsource it. When Brian Plato is crowdsourcing a Lady Death project, okay, there are, are fans out there that are dedicated. They have a large um, demand built into that, not just numbers of people, but how passionate that fan base is. Well, and they're willing to spend more money than just buying a single comic book. Oh, they are. Brian Plato, I think, took the hand from Gene Simmons. The Kiss, remember the Kiss Army? Oh yes. Oh, Gene could rile help his army. They'd support anything, and still do. Probably support anything Kiss yeah. does. Brian, I can remember his rock star attitude. I would be doing shows across to him or next to him, and they come out with music blaring and just signing, and they'd have crowds of people. They were always busy, and 
you know, Brian's a great guy, really nice guy. I hadn't seen him for years and, and ran into him. We had a long conversation. So um, he's comes across that with his fans. He's honest, you know, and he's, he's put he's, out a fun project that people really enjoy and they will support him. And it shows, I mean, almost 3000 backers. And what he did was very different from the big two. He was reaching a comic fan market that didn't exist. He created his market essentially. Yes. He created a heavy metal concept attitude that probably what it was is a lot of comic fans, like you said, growing up, but growing out of the Superman, Spider-Man eras, looking for something else. And uh, Brian was offering them Lady Death and Evil Ernie and stuff like that. That was a different than what was being on the stands at that point in time. And he found heavy metal fans who never read comics, okay, who found something that spoke to what they enjoyed in music and created a whole community. And oh, sure. he was always very genuine with his fans, very engaged and very accessible. And, you know, Chaos Comics was very big for a long time. There were behind the scenes business things that, you know, um, caused him to pull back on you know the full fledged publishing of Chaos Comics. Mm-hmm. But he's still a passionate creator who wants to connect with that fan base. And now social media and crowdsourcing gives him a way to directly go to the, that fan. And think how if he could publish that same comic book and bring it through Diamond and bring it to comic book shops. Okay, first of all, all those fans would have to be able to find the comic shops, yeah. know when it went, know when it's going to be published, and still he would have to. Those passionate fans are a drop in the bucket for the sheer numbers that you need for a successful book through Diamond. Sure, and, and the thing is, we're, we're talking about heavy metal and stuff. Got me thinking. Kickstarters are like concerts they're like oh, but so. they're like a month old concerts it's like here's my current concert boom here's my book come out and support us you know buy our merch buy our book make sure we're here for the next concert and so it, it's a way for you to get in there and support that creator but also there are events i guess you know and that's what i mean by concerts these are events you Rather can't than- just put it on Kickstarter and say, here we are, come and help us. You've got to promote it, PR it, release videos, work your social medias, let as many of your fans know that this is going on. Um, outreach. you got to keep that fan base, that brain's got 2,700, involved in supporting you. you got to let them know what's happening. So you put on your event, your Kickstarter, your Indiegogo event, and then you got to reach out to the crowd and drag them into the event. And, and keep that excitement. Yes. So, yes. So it's not enough to offer just a, I'm doing one 24-page comic book. No. We'll look at that and go, is that all you got? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm scanning through the Kickstarter now, and he's got, there's all kinds of different types of covers from all kinds of fans and creators of, of Lady Death over the years, and there's something called the Coffin Edition, and it's just, man, he's got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I love Brian to Death. He comes up with more stuff, uh, Black Metal, Black Edition, Foil. Um, some of my, I got John Boy, one of my favorite artists out there. But yeah, I mean, he's got uh, lingerie covers, calendars, cards. You name it, Brian's got it listed on here. It's all part of this one Kickstarter. And 
if you want to start your your own Kickstarter, your own crowdsourcing, you can't start at that level. No. So I think, so I think we're going to end this for right now. And next time we're going to talk about how do you tap into the concepts that these superstars are using and creating and, you know, well, not starting at that level, but using the, some of the techniques and emulating their success and but be able to build it from the ground up. Yes, we can. So uh-huh. one, one short thing, though, before we end. Yeah. We've talked about the big guys, but what is Kickstarter? Exactly. For somebody who don't know it, you know, it's a very basic concept. You put a product out there, you bring your fans to buy your product. Kickstarter themselves handles the funding, which makes it feel more legit. Like you said, walking through a convention, you were handing that crater 10 bucks across from your fingers that you would actually get something in a month or six months, you know? Right. Uh, Kickstarter, your money's there. And it just it makes it feel more secure around you, supporting it. Uh, very professional-looking you know, websites and with the videos. They've got a formula that works for them with the pledges and, and helping get things you know, established and met. And they set your goals. So it's a very basic, easy-to-use platform. Um, there's a lot of little groups out there who is raising not just this big money. And we'll come back and talk about that in the next podcast. You don't have to raise $300,000 to be successful at this, though. But then Indiegogo is basically the same concept. It's a little different. Um, Indiegogo, if you don't reach your goals, you still get your funding and try to achieve. You can still get your funding and try to achieve your project. Um, They seem to have different buyers. Each one seems to have a different area of buyers. Indiegogo seems to be uh, not there is comics over there, and they are successful, but not as successful as they are over at Kickstarter. Um, so, yeah, each has their own bus pluses and minuses, but they're a basic crowdsourcing formula anybody can use, and you can set up your account. And I think one of the things with a lot of the guys who aren't doing a 300000 is they're building a community, and they're supporting each other too. Uh, the one I just recently supported, I noticed that, person who started has support 61 other kickstarter comics oh, projects yes yeah. so there's a way as a community to help support each other around and it shows you oh this creator has actually supported 61 other kickstarter projects in the past so it's pretty more atomic but we can get get back to that and exactly talk about what each one is but i just want to throw out the basics get anybody can jump in here don't expect these numbers with brian brian has spent a lifetime building to get these numbers he deserves it i've seen him work it but there it is a good way for us to get out there maybe without the comic shops or can we i'm gonna leave this can we build something here and bring it to the comic shops to be successful over there it can happen yes Yes. More next time. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Take care.